Good morning, it's Thursday, January 11th, and this is the Daily Chirp Podcast. We're bringing you a closer look at one of our top stories along with other important things from our community. Today, the Tombstone Marshal's Office is actively investigating a break-in and subsequent vandalism that occurred at the public restrooms of the old Tombstone High School. Before we begin, some Arizona tribute. Did you know that actress Shannon Woodward was born in Arizona? She began her acting career in 1991 with Nickelodeon's Clarissa Explains It All and gained recognition for her roles in The Drew Carey Show and Man of the House. Her breakthrough came in FX's The Riches, where she played Dee Dee Malloy. Woodward is widely known for her role as Sabrina Collins in the sitcom Raising Hope and as Elsie Hughes in HBO's Westworld. She also voiced and motion-captured Dina in the video game The Last of Us Part II, earning her a BAFTA nomination. Additionally, she appeared in Katy Perry's music video Hot and Cold. Today's history is brought to you by Benson Hospital. They're doing more than treating illnesses in Benson, they're building a healthier community. Benson Hospital is now collaborating with the Diaper Bank of Southern Arizona to provide diaper assistance to families in need. For more information, visit their website at bensonhospital.org. Now our future story. The Tombstone Marshal's Office is actively investigating a break-in and subsequent vandalism that occurred at the public restrooms of the old Tombstone High School. This incident was first discovered by a public works employee. The most significant damage noted was to the drywall, which had been ripped away in what appears to be an attempt to gain access to the school's gym. Upon opening the restroom on Friday, the employee found extensive destruction, a smashed window, damaged soap and paper towel dispensers, clogged toilets, and light fixtures that seemed to have been violently torn from the ceiling. The exact timing of this vandalism is unclear. However, it is particularly disheartening as these restrooms had recently undergone renovations just a few months prior. In a statement released on Monday, the city of Tombstone expanded on the extent of the damage. In addition to the restroom destruction, they reported that roadside banners had also been slashed. The vandals not only destroyed the bathroom fixtures, but also spray-painted the walls, vandalized the upper level of the old high school building, and knocked out drywall in the old library to access the gym. The business banners along the fence were cut as well. The cost of the damages is estimated at approximately $1,350. In response to this incident, the Marshal's Office has recommended the installation of security cameras at the facility. As of now, no suspects have been apprehended in connection with this vandalism. The city's statement expressed a deep sense of frustration and disappointment, particularly because the renovations were completed only recently in October and new banners had just been printed. They urged the community to remain vigilant, to keep an eye out, and to report any information to the marshal's office. This incident is a sobering reminder of the impacts of vandalism on a community. Tombstone, a town famed for its rich history and as the site of the legendary O.K. Corral gunfight, now faces the challenge of repairing the damage done not just to its physical structures, but to its community spirit as well. Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Prestige Family Living. Here at Prestige Assisted Living at Sierra Vista, the holidays are about to get ugly. Join us for our ugly sweater party taking place December 15th from 2 to 4 p.m. Amid the beauty of the season, we want to see your most garish garments. The best of the worst holiday sweaters will win prizes and we'll have snacks and refreshments along with all sorts of holiday fun. For more, visit prestigecare.com slash Sierra Vista. Again, that's prestigecare.com slash Sierra Vista. Next, we're excited to share our weekly segment, Best of Preps, brought to you by our friends at Lolly Automotive. 
Hi, everyone. I'm Sean Lawley from the Lawley Automotive Group, and we've stocked up on inventory at all of our dealerships. If you've been thinking about a new car, we've got the deal for you on a new Buick, GMC, Chevrolet, Ford, Kia, Hyundai, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. You don't have to go to Tucson or Phoenix to buy a new vehicle. We're your hometown dealer since 1995. We'll beat the big city dealers in price, and our customer service is small-town dealer-friendly. Come into any one of the Lawley dealerships today or shop lollycars.com and see why nobody beats a Lawley deal. Nobody. Now, best of preps. Happy New Year. Is it too late to say that, Never too late to say Happy Uh, New Year, Jeff. All right, then that's what I'll say. Happy New Year. Welcome back, everyone, to your favorite segment, Inside the Daily Chirp Podcast. You have waited weeks with bated breath to come and once again hear the Game of the Week segment Inside the Daily Chirp Podcast here today. And we're so glad to have the Herald Review Media Sports Editor, Bruce Wetton, back in the studio with us. Bruce, Happy New Year, man. Happy New Year to you, Jeff. And I apologize for taking so long to get back, but we had some... Issues we were dealing with and finally got everything squared away. And then last week I thought I was going to get up here and I got sidetracked. And so finally this week we're going to kick the show off again and carry it through now to the end of the year or the end of the school year, I should say. But I want to begin today's show where we left off the last show and that's beginning talking about the year in review. Even though we're in two weeks into the new year, uh, the year in review came out officially on Sunday, December 31st. It can be found online at myheraldreview.com. And what I did is I took 12 months' worth of papers, had them spread out throughout my house. You should have seen the mess, but we got it done. (laughs) And I went through every single issue, chronicling each month the high sports that I felt. I'd forgotten about things that had happened because when you write over 700 stories in a year, you can't remember every single one. And so there were things that happened back in January that I'd forgotten about because I went back and, oh, yeah, I did write about that. So it was neat to go back and kind of relive these things and kind of rehash them. So we broke it down month by month, put in the highs. There were still a lot of things that we didn't get in, and I apologize to those of you that may feel like you were left out. But I think as we can all agree last year, Jeff, the, the, the story of the year was Berean Academy. It had to be with the successes they had. Undefeated, state champ. Second year of existence. Doesn't get any better than that. And then two All-State honorees on the coach and the player of the year, and Jalen Hampton and uh, Jason Powell, I think was. Jason Powell. That's where I was getting the Jason from. Thank you. And so, yeah, so that was the top story. The number two story of the year had to be the Wilcox A-team softball team, coached by Pat McCumber, and then, of course, Hattie McCumber, the outstanding pitcher who was throwing all these no-hitters and even went to Western Regional in San Bernardino and threw a no-hitter. So that was our number two story. And then the number three story also stayed in Wilcox with the three state champions in Cash McCumber, Orrin Alsup, and Ed Tingle, who won state in wrestling and who were honored at their best of preps. And those three individuals won their respected weight classes again this past weekend at the McGlumphy Commodore Dougals and Benson. And when I share the records with you later on here in the show, I see them repeating. I, I don't see anybody beating them. You think so they could go back to back? I, I really do right now. And Cash Cash was named Outstanding Wrestler this past weekend for the heavyweights for the second tournament. He was also named Outstanding Wrestler in Douglas and then got it again at Benson. And then Oren Alsup, who had been injured, came back this past weekend. Wrestle Strong won his weight class. He, too, was the Outstanding Wrestler for the middleweights. The problem is with Ed Tingle, he's competing against Cash. Really? <laughs> so, well, they're in the same upper weight division. Yes, yeah, so he has to go against his own teammate. Yeah, so for the for the rest, overall wrestling honors, even though Ed's at 215 and Cash is at 175, 175 is a cutoff to go upper weight. Hmm. 
So anyway, so that was our number three story. But if you get a chance, I invite you to go online and check it out. Really a, a nice piece. we got a lot of art in there. We we talked about the Buena Colt soccer team, Steve Suttle, Coach of the Year, Christian Gallagher signing his scholarships. Gabby Lopez, who signed with Pima, had an outstanding year last year. We'll be talking about her more later in the show. And uh, and then, of course, all the all-star successes of the Wilcox, Douglas, and service to all-star teams. And the, even the success that Douglas had in Nogales, beating teams from Alaska, Washington, Idaho. So it was fun to go back. And then, of course, we segued into football where the surprise team out of nowhere happened to be Marine, and we learned about them in September just how good they were going to be. And as they continued to progress, the excitement increased. And come by November, it was almost at a fever, fever pitch when they hosted a playoff game at home, won it, hosted the second-round playoff game at home, won it, and then go to state and won it. So hats off to them. So, I, again, I invite you to go in and check it out. So many memories. So many memories. And you know what? It was another good year in Cochise County sports. And this is one of the things that I continue to be amazed by is the amount of performances we have. And, you know, I've had several people remark to me, I've forgotten all that happened until I read your story. Yeah. And, or better yet, how come my stuff wasn't in? And it was like, <laughs> I'm sorry. So I didn't. I did offer two apologies thus far, but at the same time, I explained it was nothing that nothing to take away from your accomplishments. It was just that I was given X number of words, exceeded it by X number of words, and so we had to come back and scale in. So a lot of what didn't make print is online, but even what's online, there was still things that we cut out because it just I had to draw the line somewhere, and it was just so unfortunate. But while this was going on, we had some interesting news develop. Have you heard about Bisbee's gym? No. They lost it. It got flooded. They can't play in Bisbee anymore this year. During the Christmas holiday, the Bisbee gym floor was severely damaged by a leaking water pipe. Oh, no. So Thursday's game at Bisbee that was scheduled against St. David is now at St. David. So the Bisbee boys are practicing at Naco Elementary. Bisbee girls are practicing at Lowell Elementary. And they still got home games coming up against Tucson St. Augustine, Wilcox, and Tucson Santa Rita. And right now it appears that those games will be played at the Naco Elementary School. But at the same time, I have connected Bisbee principal Jonathan Watts to Cochise College Athletic Director Jeff Faulkner and tried to put them in contact with each other, hoping that maybe for senior night, February 1st against Morinci, they can make the Cochise College gym available and give these athletes a special memory since they can't play at home anymore. So Jose Lopez is done at the Bisbee gym. He already played his last game. And, and didn't uh, even know it. And didn't even know it, and it's just so unfortunate. Yeah. But, yeah, what happened is I had reached out to coach the, the basketball coach, Mike Hernandez, asked him to, I was going to come up and talk to Jose, and he said, well, if you're going to come up, you got to come to Naco. And it was like, excuse me, and that's when he told me what happened. And I knew they had had a water leak in there before because when you walk in the main entrance there, you can feel and see the patchwork. Well, I guess the leak re-ruptured, and it went four or five days without anybody catching oh, it. Oh, my goodness. And now the bubbling is already to half court, and so it's going to reach all the way full court here before too long. And so now it's in the hands of the insurance adjusters, but – yeah, really unfortunate news. So we broke that last week in the paper as well. Also, can also be found online at myheraldreview.com. So, yeah, unfortunately, the uh, the Bisbee Gym situation is not looking really good right now. Who knows how long it's going to happen, but St. David had the problem. Buena had the problem with the leaky roof. Douglas had a problem with leaky water pipe. Tombstone had the problem twice. 
So you would think that coming to the holidays, people would go in and either turn off the water to the schools or something because inevitably with the freezing temperatures that we get, and especially in Bisbee and the colder temperatures they get, pipes are going to freeze. You know, they expand with the, with, the, with the water pressure and the water freezing and non-freezing. And so, yeah, something happened and it went for several days without catching it. And they walk in and realize, we got a problem here, Houston. And so, but I got some exciting news. Last Thursday, I was in Douglas covering the girls basketball team. They were hosting Sarita. And I walked into the game and I was not prepared for what I was about to see. I, Douglas and Sarita always play a good game. Uh, last year, Douglas beat Sarita at Douglas and lost to him at Sarita. So there's a rivalry between these two teams. Douglas comes out and boom, 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 three threes in a row. They go up 9-0. Sarita coach calls timeout. They come out of the timeout, and Douglas continues to go up. And next thing I know, it was 19-2 Douglas. Goodness. Yeah, they, they got off hot. They got off hitting threes. But then Sarita got hot. And what is, how does Sarita get back into the game? They were drilling threes. The next thing I know was 1918. Whoa. <laughs> and so, yeah, very entertaining first quarter. Oh, it gets better. In the game combined, Jeff, Douglas and Sarita shot 68 three-pointers. Just imagine if all of them actually got drained, if they all fell. <laughs> It'd be a triple-digit, triple-digit game. <laughs> that would be I, insane. I, I kidded the officials. I said, were your arms getting tired of going up, signaling touchdown every time the three-pointers yeah. go up? Douglas was 10 of 33 on three-point attempts. Sarita was 13 of 35. Goodness. They were in the zone, and Douglas prevailed. They were actually up, went down, and then came back up, and they won 67-56. But we also had a very interesting occurrence happen in the second quarter. Plays going on, Sarita's shooting, and then all of a sudden the referees call timeout. And they come around under the basket, and they're looking. I'm thinking, what are you looking at? Are you looking at a bat? What are you looking at? Well, one of the strings had come undone from the hooks on the basket. So they couldn't fix, they couldn't play until they replaced that string. So where's the ladder? Where's the ladder? What are you? Where's the janitor? So they're scrambling to find the janitor, scrambling to find a ladder. And next thing I know, I see our church squad. They go under the net, and they raised Start the girl up. They, <laughs> and they raised her up. And Zyrette Lopez, a sophomore at Douglas High School, we have the photo online at myheraldreview.com. It came out on Sunday. She reattached the string to the hook on the net, on the rim, and they were able to resume play. By the time she got done, oh, yeah, that's when the ladder showed up. I was going to say, who needs a ladder? So hats off to the Douglas High School Spirit Line. But in all my years of covering sports, I'd never seen anything like that. So we ran two photos in the paper. We ran one of the baselers holding her up and referees looking up at the rim. And then I ran a zoom shot of her attaching the string to the, the hook on the net, on the rim. But it was hilarious because I had never seen anything like that. And talk about taking the initiative. But I had to laugh because, uh, yeah, I, I applaud the Douglas High School Spirit Line for being in the right place. And, hey, instead of being delayed 15 minutes, we only delayed five minutes. And it worked out well. And, you know, Zyrette got her look. She's going to get her 15 minutes of fame in the paper. and <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so it was an interesting afternoon. But, I mean, 68 three-pointers, man. I mean, and, and the thing is, Jeff. Attempts. I mean, 68 attempts. three-point attempts. And we were still done. In under 90 minutes. Wow. I mean, there was very few fouls. It was a really entertaining game, really a good game. And so one of the few games I've been able to stay for the entire game this year, and I was so glad I did because it really proved to be a very entertaining contest. And speaking of entertaining, Saturday at Coach's College, 
Oh, man. How sweet was it to welcome our own Gabby Lopez back home, Jeff? It was amazing and so proud of her accomplishments and seeing her as a true freshman starter for Pima is something outstanding. She played 35 of the 40 minutes, scored 10 points. She also had seven rebounds, two assists, and a block shot. Yeah, she was a very impactful player in that yes. game. Yeah, and uh, it took her all the first quarter to get the nerves out, and she finally started scoring in the second quarter and scored in the third and the fourth. But I was so proud of her that day, and I told her so after the game, and she admitted to me and after we spoke after the game that she was extremely nervous coming back to Coach East because she knew family and friends were going to be down. Half of her former teammates from the Bisbee girls basketball team was there. Her former coach was there. Her parents were there. Grandparents were there. Aunts and uncles were there. Media was there. Yeah, you were great there. Crowd. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the largest crowds for a female game, and I think over half of them were there to see her. Fortunately or unfortunately, had depend how you look at it. Coaches prevailed, winning this fifth straight. That's fortunately. We're, we're, we want to root for Coaches. We want Coaches to win. And and Gabby did well, of course. But it was a 65-55 win for the Apaches. Fifth straight win while Pima had their two-game winning streak snapped. But again, I was so proud of Gabby and the effort that she gave that night. But I was not prepared for the three-point barrage we were going to see from Pima in the men's game. Oh, my goodness. 60% they shot in that first half, Jeff. 60%. I'd never seen a coach use all his timeouts in the first 10 minutes of the game, and that's what Jerry Codillo did. He had to. He, he burned all six of his allotted timeouts before the, even the midway point, and Cochise was down 37-10. I'd never seen his team come out so cold. But Pima was just, they were in the zone that night, dude. You know, there's a reason why they were 13-1, and one, now 14-1 and one after that game. 14th in the nation. And as a matter of fact, Gabby's team is also 14th in the nation in Division Two. And again, Division Two and Division One. Cochise is Division One, Pima's Division Two, And how that works is Pima does not have student housing, whereas Cochise does have student housing. So if you have student housing, you're Division One. If you don't have student housing, you're Division Two. But anyway, uh, this was going to be the Apache's only meeting with Pima this year. Luckily, it was in Cochise, and uh, we were able to go down and kind of enjoy the uh, the excitement of the game. A lot of fun, both of them. But I was just astonished here to see how Cochise, 37-10, to 10, they came back and cut it to 45-27 at the half, and they ended up losing 81-69. to 69. But here's the surprising record. They are 10-8 and eight overall and 3-4 and four in conference, and they don't play this week because of the Central Arizona College situation that we'll be talking about here in a minute. So Cochise does not play now until next week. So and they, they won't even have a home game for another month. Yes, exactly right. And so they're going to be on the road for a while. So the journey to get back to to the region playoffs is going to be a challenge this year. This team is nowhere near as deep and talented, I should say, as they were last year. But they can still salvage the season and still make the postseason. But they got to turn it around and they got to do it soon. Because uh, believe it or not, we're – we're running out of time here. The season's going to end at the end of February. We're already, what, seven weeks left and we're done. Hopefully they can get turned around. But while this was going on, we had a humongous tournament happening in Benson with the uh, McGlumphy coming our own wrestling duels. There was 20 teams showing up there. I'm happy to say that all eight of the high school wrestling teams that we have in Cochise County was there, including Buena. So what they did is they... They took the 20 teams and they put them into four pools of five. And you wrestled each other in your pool on Thursday or Friday, correction. And the first place, the top four winners of each pool on Friday wrestled for first through fourth place on Saturday, whereas the second place winners in each pool on Thursday wrestled for fifth through eighth place on Saturday. So 
in in the first place winners, you had Floyd Wells, you had Buena, you had Benson, and you had Blue Ridge. Well, Buena beat Benson in the first match on Saturday to set up the championship match where they lost to Floyd Wells. So in the end, in the team results, Floyd Wells was first, Buena was second, Benson third, Blue Ridge was fourth, and they were followed by Pima in fifth, Wilcox in sixth, Thatcher in seventh, and Tombstone in eighth. And so um, very good performances by our teams. And what was even better is we had some outstanding performances by our athletes. Once again, Wilcox High School did really well. Uh, Cash, McCumber, Ed Tingle, and Orrin Alsop all won their respective weight classes. So they, they did well. But Wyatt Eddy out of Tombstone was first place at 106. Solomon Crowley of Benson was second at 106. Brock Santa Maria was second at 113. They awarded places the top eight, but I'm not going to list the top eight. I'm just going to announce the top two. Uh, Brax Clough, no surprise, won 126. Zeke Crowley, uh, Benson, won 138. Mason Richardson, uh, Bisbee was second. Oh, I'll answer one. I'll David throw in one third place here. Uh, David Clausen of Buena, he took third at 138. We did have one one unfortunate story here. Uh, last Wednesday when I was up here in Sierra Vista, I ran by the uh, Buena wrestling practice. And I did a story with them, and we were all anxious to see how Nate Angle was going to do for Buena. And he goes into pool play, and they wrestle, and he goes up against Thatcher, and he re-injures an injury. Oh, gosh. So he's done for the tournament, and he's out for this week. So they got flowing wells this weekend. They got a, they got a big multiple Wednesday or Thursday this week. So he's going to hopefully come back next week, his coach told me. And uh, so that was a disappointment because I really wanted to see Angle and McCumber go head-to-head, and I had already talked to Pat McCumber, and I had already talked to Tim Williams, and I said, if this happens on Saturday, you let me know, and then we'll coordinate it. Well, unfortunately, that's when Tim Williams got sent me a text Friday night, our matchup's not going to happen. Unfortunately, Nick got injured, so it's just really unfortunate. But real fast here, at 150, uh, Charlie Price of Buena, he took fifth. 157, Kobe Jones of Tombstone was second. David Allred was third. 165, as we mentioned before, Orrin Alsup was first. Zeph Jeffries was third. And then, of course, we had McCumber winning 175. And Damian Castro to Douglas, he was second at 190. And then at 215, we had uh, Ed Tingle of Wilcox at first and Jacob Weichelt in third. And then Travis Larson at 285 was second at heavyweight. So, you talked to the coaches. They were very happy. This was Buena's first time at going to this thing. Even when Mark Daniels was a coach, they had not gone. But Tim Williams decided to go this year, and he said he was really impressed with how it was run, really impressed with the competition, and they will be returning. It's a good opportunity for all these coaches, county schools to get in. Some of the smaller schools did not fare so well because of numbers. Uh, Wilcox went in giving up an automatic 30 points because they were open at five weight classes. And so for that to happen to Wilcox and for them to still finish second in their pool says because you get six points for a pin, four for a technical fall, and three for a decision. And so for Wilcox to still have enough points, despite giving up 30, to finish second in their pool is a credit to the wrestlers. And so Pat McCumber's loaded, and I really expect good things, and I really expect good things out of Buena. We have another young kid for Buena, uh, Dalton Williams, Tim's son, He's wrestling at 215. He's doing really well. He ran into a very tough, or Trenton Williams, excuse me, Trenton Williams. He took fifth, but he was in a really tough weight class, 
And again, he was wrestling against Tingle. And um, so when I was at practice last week, I talked to Trent, and I was showing him some pictures of, of uh, Tingle saying, hey, this is a kid you could face. You better be ready for him because I called him a beast, and he proved that he was on the, on the map. So hats off to them anyway. So that's, that's it for, for the uh, Vincent Wrestling Tournament. And then on Monday, we were back in action with games. Buena Girls Soccer lost to Ironwood Ridge. Safford Boys Soccer beat Tombstone 3-0. to zero. And we had an exciting basketball game in Benson where Wilcox and Benson went head-to-head. Uh, the Wilcox girls beat Benson 56-49, while the uh, Wilcox boys lost to Benson 64-43. Marinci boys and girls hosted Bisbee, and they were victorious that day with the, boy, with the girls winning 51-33 and the boys winning 78-63 over Bisbee. And the St. David girls team, oh, my goodness, Jeff. What a tear they're on right now. They're number one in the state in their, in their rankings. They thumped Duncan that night, 47 to 29. And Douglas, our Douglas girls Bulldogs, 18 and three on the season. That's they, awesome. They want they beat Walden Grove that night, 60 to 17. And they're at home tonight against Rio Rico. The night we're taping this show. So when I get done here, I'm going to race back to Douglas tonight and go watch them play Rio Rico. This Douglas girls team is impressive right now. They are they are ranked high in the state rankings. That win over um, Sarita last week is, was huge. They're still not, they still got some tough teams to play, but we'll see what happens. But anyway, well, that was going on Tuesday. The Buena Boys soccer team was in action. They didn't play on Monday, but they played on Tuesday against Rio Rico, and they were victorious by a score of 4-1. to one. And then last night, the Buena Boys basketball team beat Sunnyside 79-72. to 72. Did you hear about the Sunnyside girls game against Buena? I did not. 73-16 to 16 Sunnyside. They laid a whipping on the Buena girls team, unfortunately. Uh, I'd like to see the Sunnyside team because Buena's not a bad girls team, and for them to get spanked that bad kind of makes me wonder what happened. Stats were not posted this morning when I left on Max Prep, so I was not able to see, nor was I seen a game summary, and could not find a stream last night. I was busy covering other events, so I missed it. But the St. David boys were back in action on Tuesday night. They beat Lourdes Catholic 78-42, so... Very entertaining start to the new year. We got some big games this week. Um, as I had mentioned previously, we have the Floyd Wells Wrestling Tournament this Friday and Saturday in Tucson. This will be a boys and girls tournament. So uh, we'll be having some of our female Coaches County wrestlers actually get a chance to get take part. They could not take part at Benson because Benson did not have a girls tournament. The Coaches College women are back in action this Friday and Saturday. They are hosting Central Arizona College in two games at Cochise. And this is only a women's game because the Central men decided to drop their program for a year, and they're going to try to pick it up again next year. But I think after what we saw last year, when Central came down to Cochise with only six players, you knew it was on the decline. And so this year they kind of decided to drop it, trying to recreate it. So we've only got the girls' game playing Friday at 5.30 and then Saturday at 2. So if you get a chance to come out, we invite you to do so. As we mentioned previously, we had the Bisbee Boys and Girls basketball team at St. David on Thursday. Buena Boys basketball is going to host Ironwood Ridge on January 11th, and they got a big game on January 13th, Saturday against Phoenix Brophy Prep. That's going to be a game that I'm going to be interested to see how it plays out. And the Buena Girls, they only got the one game this week. They're going to be at Ironwood Ridge on Thursday, January 11th. They do not play Brophy, so we'll see what happens. Whereas the Douglas Girls, as we mentioned before, they're hosting Rio Rico, the night of the show, Wednesday, they're going to be at Amphi on Friday. And they are going to be severely tested next Tuesday when they go to Tucson, Micah Mountain. 
So we'll see what happens there. Tombstone basketball, they're going to be at Benson on Thursday, and then they're going to be at Morency on Friday. So talk about tough back-to-back games for Tombstone. We were at Tombstone last Thursday watching the Yellow Jackets play the Wildcats. Morency, I want to see the showdown with them and Pima. They beat Pima in the tournament at Eastern Arizona College. But, again, that's the tournament where you don't play everybody. So regular season game will be this week where Tombstone will be at Morency. But before that, Morency's going to play Pima, I think, on Thursday. So we'll see how that prevails. But the reason we went to Tombstone on Thursday was I got my Athlete of the Week. And first one of the year. First one of the new year. Well, actually, we did a double this week because we had to make up. So we got two this week. So one of the players that we're going to honor this week we know her. You've talked about her numerous times. Rachel Thursby. Great kid. She's a junior. She's not very tall, but she's a place just as large as any player she goes up against. She is something to watch. And what had happened is over the holidays, I happened to be on the Tombstone High School Facebook page, and I had been watching her before a while. I think we need to recognize her. Well, against Bisbee a few weeks ago when they played at Bisbee and I was there, she scored 23 points. Wow. Okay. That was impressive. Yeah. But it wasn't until her coach put her stats into max preps that he realized that that 23 points put her at 500 on the dot. So he showed up to practice one day last week with balloons and cupcakes and gave her a 500 balloons and the 500 innumerable balloons, not 500 balloons, folks, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, cupcakes with the numbers 500. So it was really neat to see. So we went and profiled Rachel. And during the boys' game, I took her out in the lobby and I sat down and talked with her. A nice kid. And, of course, her dad's David Thursby and her mom's Michelle Thursby. Michelle works for CBP. Dad is a principal at Tombstone High School, also an official well-known throughout Cochise County. And they were both high school athletes, college athletes in basketball, and they're very competitive as a family. And so I laughed when I was talking to Rachel. I said, do you discuss basketball at home? She said, oh, yeah. Will you watch film? Will you critique? Will you go out and play pickup games and everything else? Her goal is to get her team to the state playoffs this year and to now turn her focus to the thousandth point. But, you know, every question, every ter- every interview I do, I always ask the kids, what's your favorite food, et cetera? She threw a curveball at me this year I wasn't expecting. Her favorite food, of course, is pizza, no surprise. Favorite class is history. She likes all kinds of music. And when she's not listening to music, she likes watching movies with her family, shopping with her mom, or hunting with her dad. And so in the, in the Wednesday edition of the Herald Review this week, we got a nice little shot of her and her dad and their deer. that she, She's already killed three deer or four deer in her short little lifespan. <laughs> there it is. She and her little buck. Great kid. Very happy to recognize her. Very glad that we were able to do so. And uh, congratulations, Rachel Thursby. You are one of two athletes of the week this week. And the other young man that we honored this week is Jose Mendez of Bisbee. He's actually at 620 points right now, so he's still got a ways to go to reach 1,000, but he can get there. What's happening is, because of his streaks, teams are keen on him. And so the last game that he played right now, he only scored 12 points, but it it freed up Sebastian Lopez, Gabby's brother, to pump in 21. So if they focus on Sebastian, you got Jose. If they focus on Jose, you got Sebastian. And so it depends on who the teams are going to focus on that night. So we have a stringer named Alan Dale, and he stepped up last week and provided me with the story about Jose. And so this week we ran two Athletes of the Week, profiled them both in the Herald Review, and so we'll see what happens. As a matter of fact, I shouldn't have known there. She was right there on the front page. I didn't even see that. 
But I laughed because she's just as competitive at hunting as she is at basketball, Dad said. And so really fun to see. But they're really complimentary, the parents and their kids. They're there to support them, watching them. And like Dad told me for Rachel, I don't care if she scores one point or 100 point. He said, we let her know we're proud of her. We just want her to give it her all. And they have a policy in their family. If you start something, you can't quit. You need to finish it out. So her dad's a lot like my dad. Mm. I don't know how many family vacations I missed out because, well, we had a family obligation. You got practice. You get to go to practice. Gave me a break from the family. So, hey, I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) So it was – but I I love it because these kids are passionate about their sport, and they showed it in the article. So, again, both stories are online at myheraldreview.com. We invite you to check it out. And we're off and going. We're off and going for 2024, Jeff. A lot of things happening here in the coming weeks. we got Martin Luther King coming up this weekend in Tucson. We have a lot of these Cochise County teams that are actually going to go play inside McHale Center. And so we're trying to coordinate coverage right now. And then um, Bailey Thompson of Wilcox, her track season at Pima begins this month. So we're, we're just trying to confirm when the first track meet is. It's going to be in Tucson and so I'm going to try to arrange to have some coverage for her there. Maylee's a defending state champion, two-time state champion in the javelin and 200 meters. She's also my Coaches County Athlete of the Year. So it's exciting to watch these kids go on and excel at the next level. And Maylee has been practicing since September with Pima. They've gotten into the track season now. Like you said, it's an exciting time. We're anxious to see what they can do and take it from there. One day at a time, one sport at a time. I don't know how you juggle it all, my friend, but it was a great wrap-up of 2023. Looking ahead to all the games this past week, all the games ahead, we know that you will have your eye on it all for us, Bruce, in the Herald Review Media in print, online at myheraldreview.com, and on the Herald Review Media social media channels. As we always like to remind you here on Game of the Week, if you happen to be able to attend any of the high school or college sports in your area, please consider attending because it means the world to these young student-athletes to have their community support. From the Cochise Broadcasting Studios of KKYZ 101.7 FM, the oldie station in Sierra Vista, Arizona, and on behalf of the Herald Review Media Sports Editor Bruce Wetton, my name is Jeff Davenport, and I'm wishing you a wonderful rest of your day. Once again, Happy New Year, and we'll send it back for the rest of today's Daily Chirp. Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Ace Hardware. Hi, this is Les from Sierra Vista Ace. This is a great time to paint. Ace Stocks, Clark and Kensington, Valspar, Dunn Edwards, and our own Ace Royal Paint in interior and exterior finishes. We can computer match other brands and colors too. All the colors you can imagine, even one named Sierra Vista. Decide on the wall or room to paint, bring in a color idea, and let Ace mix your paint. Treat yourself to a new brush and roller too. Save gas, save time, shop Ace first. Sierra Vista Ace since 1981 on the corner of Fry and Highway 9. Next, an upcoming event that you should know about. This Saturday at 10 a.m., head over to the Fairbanks Schoolhouse for a hike and a tour of the historic Grand Central Silver Mill. The docent will discuss the mining history of the area and lead the group on a three-mile round-trip walk to the mill site. This walk follows a dirt and gravel trail that is uneven in areas. This is limited shade and will be hot on sunny days. Finally, today we're remembering the life of Sheila Westrich. Sheila was born in Racine, Wisconsin in 1948. 
She was a graduate of William Horlick High School and the University of Wisconsin-Madison. She married John in 1974 and was employed by Racine County Human Services as a social worker for many years. Sheila had an exceptional flair for fashion, home decorating, and designing for the holidays. Above all, she cherished the many friendships and time shared with the pink paddling power Dragon Boat team. She loved to travel and visited Holland, Germany, Austria, Italy, China, Thailand, and Singapore. She was a huge Brewers and Packers fan and loved to watch them play. She will be dearly missed by her husband of 49 years, her in-laws, many nieces, nephews, other relatives, and dear friends. Thank you for taking a moment to celebrate and remember Sheila's life. Thanks for tuning in to the Herald Review podcast today. And remember, the Herald Review is here for you with local news you can trust. Subscribe today for unlimited access to all of our content for just $14 per month. This is less than the cost of one hour of one reporter's work on a single story. Also, want to stay up to date on what's going on? Join Neighbor, your trusted neighborhood community. Neighbor is a free online forum you can trust to connect with your community, focus on facts, and make a difference. Join the conversation. Visit nabur.myheraldreview.com. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, especially in Cochise County. Become part of the hyperlocal conversation on Cochise County's exclusive social media platform, Neighbor. That's N-A-B-U-R. Your neighbors are striking up meaningful conversations, sharing exquisite Cochise County photos, and respecting each other's views without any other social media noise. No unwanted advertising and only respectful conversations on hot community topics. That's right. Our journalism project manager can set the record straight and help answer any pressing questions about the happenings in our community. Join the conversation at myheraldreview.com slash N-A-B-U-R.